One, we can help you. Two, we can allow you to help yourself. And three, we can have you replaced. Hey! See, I really been popping my shit on a whole nother level. You playing, get sent to the devil. These bitches been on me. I swear they keep calling my phone. I'm like, hold on, let me check the scale. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the third episode of the Redline Podcast. I am your host, Mark DeCola, and I am joined by my co-host, Jordan Campbell. What's going on, guys? Feels good to be back here again. Number three. Number three. Truthfully, this is actually like number four, but Mark yeah. and Jordan had some technical difficulties. Yeah, you know, guys, we're still learning. Um playing with the software and stuff uh you know you, you think this stuff would be easy but it, it's really not it takes a lot to learn and definitely still learning so yeah lots of lots of trial and error we said know? in episode one we're like how difficult can it be to just talk into a microphone but you know there's a lot of things that get thrown into that when you want a nice quality sound out of it and we were recording the first one and only jordan's microphone was on yep so it was totally wasted yep <laughs> but no we learned that the hard way, and we got it set up right this time, so I think we should be good. Practice we'll see. makes perfect. That's right. So this episode, we want to kind of touch on a question a lot of people were raising once we posted the first episode and a little bit of the second is, what was kind of our path? What brought us to where we are today? And I, I think a great place to start is picking up after we kind of went over like the early days. Like, let's pick up from kind of high school and on of what brought us here, because a lot of people ask, like, did you go to college? Did you have some type of formal education somewhere? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's a question that gets raised quite a bit. Y- yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like there's probably a lot of people that don't know that about either one of us. So I think it'll this will this will clear it up a lot for you guys. So let's start at high school. Um, there wasn't really much going on besides. Uh, we talked about when I bought my LB7, kind of like working yeah. on it in your parents' basement. That yep. was like our first dabble into the diesel industry. Yeah, we were, we, I mean, we were tinkering with our own trucks at the time. That was, you know, that was definitely a start to it for sure. Yeah, and you, you had your uh, gas Hemi at this time in yep. the automotive world. Yep. And I had that LB7 we did the injectors on, and that got us into, shoot, man, maybe we can actually, uh, actually do this. Like, maybe we can work on these things and it's so rewarding once it was done and it's it's kind of the cliche way of saying we got bit by the bug but honestly that's where it it really started um and from there our kind of love for just mechanical things anything with our hands we were more at least i'll speak for myself i'm more of a hands-on learner like you can you can say something it is like whoop in one ear out the other but once you lay it out and show me i'm like oh got it locked yep, in. yep like watching it or even like uh watching it's like watching someone else do it that's definitely more my, I mean, I, I can read, read something and, but if I can watch someone do it or watch it somehow, definitely better that way or physically just doing it, you know, trying to do it yourself. And that's why I think we both excelled and picked up and learned a love for our Votech so well. Yes. So Votech, I'm, I assume it's the, across the U.S. It's Vocational Technical Institute. Yeah. Basically, it's like you get to do hands-on things in high school. It's like a little separate mm-hmm. uh, building for it. And we took machine tech. So this is machining. We learned how to use a manual lathe, manual mill. We got into some CNC stuff, got some of our NIM certifications. Yep. And that's where we really got a, a base of like, okay, here's how we can make things precise. Here's how, you know, drilling a hole, tapping a hole. It sounds so simple, but learning precision, like that was, that was fundamental for us, man. Yeah. Yeah, you... Uh you under you, you learn to understand a lot of different things from that class. You, 
I, I, I was in it for two years, 10th or no, not 10th, 11th and 12th grade senior year. You started at senior year, right? Yeah. I only got one year of that. So I, I'm trying to remember, but I think the second year was more the hands-on. You were hands-on the first year, but the first year you learned a lot of the, you know, the more of the, I would say the written side. No, there, there wasn't like a lot of written, but Mr. Klaus went over a lot of like the the fundamentals of like tapping and you know measuring stuff and for for me that was really valuable um especially like for even stuff that we do here like we don't have any of those machines at the shop yet but even when it comes to drilling holes with a drill tapping holes like like having that understanding of that stuff has been really 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 good for sure and I, I i definitely will put those two years of education are far above anything else college whatever like those two years were the best thing that ever happened probably for I mean, for both of us you only got one but it was it's still like it's just so valuable absolutely have that stuff 100 percent. so 100 percent now, for jobs at that time, we both were kind of working through high school. You were doing more of lawn care? Yes. So, uh, when, did I, when did I start that? So, I got into that pretty young. I'm like, I always had an interest in just cutting the grass at, at home. Um, but my neighbor, so he used to do it kind of just like as his side job. Like he used it to just make some extra cash and his son, when he was old enough, started helping him and Blair's probably, I don't know how old he is now. He's got to be 35, 40. I'm not sure, but he, he eventually took it over for his dad and was doing it himself. Same reason, just extra money. And he asked me to start helping him. This was before I had a license or anything. So like I would just go with him and this was all push mowing. Like that's all we had was push mowers, weed whacker, little leaf blower. And that's what I did with him for a couple of years. And once I got my license, he got a promotion at his job. So he didn't want to do it anymore. So I just did it all myself. Again, all push mowers, no fancy equipment. So I did that for a couple of years and then uh, eventually got like a, a tractor that was actually gifted to me, just a craftsman little tractor. And started like hauling a little trailer around, picked up some more accounts. Um, and then let's see, it had been maybe right, right at the beginning of college. I, I, I got some like pretty nice equipment, started taking it really serious, made an LLC, learned all that stuff and, you know, had, had a name and had business cards and had clothing and, you know, I tried to be very professional about it. And, uh, you know, through that journey, it definitely taught me a lot of like how if you do a good job, like word travels fast, like it was mostly word of mouth. Like it, I just tried to do a really good job and go above and beyond and people valued that. And um, I just I learned a lot from it with communicating with people. You know, you had a very diverse crowd of people that you were dealing with even as far as age or just people of all types you know all different backgrounds like that was that was valuable for sure um 
and learning to keep track of all your expenses. Uh, I just learned all that, all that stuff from, I would say from that. And that goes to show the value of learning things firsthand. Yeah. Like there, there's such there's, a, there's no, you can't learn that stuff in school. No, right. and we'll, we'll get into that, but there's definitely a difference to be had between yep. firsthand experience and here's what the real world should look like, but here's hypothetical. Yep. And we'll, we'll get into that, like I said. What my my start of uh, working, I also had some lawns I was doing, and at the time, I, I saw Jordan, he had, you know, say he had 10, I had two, so I was like, man, this guy, he's raking it in, he's got this figured out, how, how he's going to do this system <laughs> here, and... I kind of continued at it. I don't know, had like three or four, but then at one point I got a job at a local country club and it was bag boy. So for those who don't know, a bag boy is basically someone who sits and waits for people to show up to the country club to play golf and you take the clubs out of their car, you put them on a cart or some people store their bags there. So you go downstairs and you got to remember their name and you come up with their bag and then uh, you make conversation with them it's kind of like a, a waiter and a waitress, like you get a tip for it and then you make whatever your wage is. So early on, I had to learn the skills of communication with people. I remember having this conversation with someone who I work with at the time, Tyler, he was kind of like the supervisor and he just basically punched me verbally in the face and said, he's like, dude, if you don't start learning to talk to people, like you're not going to make any money. I'm like, yeah, I, I guess I really don't know how to talk to people. I'm like, hey, sister, sister, can, can I get your click clubs? <laughs> and once the people are done with their round, like you would clean their clubs and put them away. And that's where you, like I said, learn the value of just communicating with people, genuinely having an interest in what they have to say, how their day went, stuff like that. So that played on while I also in the background was handling something called Off-Road Dynasty, which was an Instagram page started. Uh, with a friend actually then we branched off he had a page I had a page we kind of grew him back and forth and worked uh, off her dynasty up to about 1.2 or 3 million followers from scratch so that taught me the efforts and values of what goes into social media people who do that uh, pretty religiously social media you you understand like it's I say it's a part-time job and, and people get it who are into it like it it is there's there's a lot that goes into that and while I was working at the country club, I was selling ads essentially on this Instagram page. So companies would come like, say your tire company, you would say, Hey, um, can I have you post this at this time? What's your rate? I'd be like, okay, well it's, you know, 75 bucks for this four hours here, blah, blah, blah. And then send me some money and then off we go. Now guys, it was all claimed. You know, I wasn't, wasn't fishing things under the table here. Yeah. And I, I'm going to jump in. I think that's a good point. Um, Mark, for because of that stuff, you definitely have a a better understanding of taxes than I do. I still to this day get really frustrated with it. I don't understand a lot of it, but you had to learn that like really early, and I didn't learn that stuff till a lot later. Um, so I mean, I think that plays an important role in stuff too. It did because I was and like Jordan was dealing more with you know direct to customer like. B to C where I was like B to B. So I was dealing with the companies directly where they're like, okay, here's your W nine to 99. You know, mm -hmm. let's go. This is on paper. Like, okay. It's a little more official. So I, I had to uh, file all that stuff and take care of everything on the back end. And it, I mean, don't get me wrong guys. I mean, I had no clue what I was doing. I'm like taking this stuff to my account and like, it's a 10 something. They sent it to me in the mail. I, I don't know what it means. And they just kind of describe and explain everything to me that way. Right. 
So these two things are happening simultaneously. I'm, I'm a bag boy, and, you know, I'm in, I'm in the shed, and I'm at the cart club, you know. Oh, shoot, i got to make a post real quick at 8 o'clock. And it was working out good till off-road dining started to kind of pick up. And I'm like, well, shoot, how am I going to do all these posts while I'm at work? I can't be on my phone. And that's finally when I'm like, it's it's costing me money to be at the country club because I was missing these posts. Companies are getting mad, not coming back, and don't want a bad rap in business. So I left the country club, and I went just to selling the ads on Instagram full-time and, and growing that page. And that was, I, mean, I say full-time, but that was during school, but that was like just the, the line of work I was in. So it's kind of cool as we talk about it and look back at it. Like Jordan and I had a pretty similar upbringing and path of what we'll call our, our working career. Yeah. They were different flavors, but the same food. Yep. And yeah, like similar, like similar, similar skills, just in a different way. So yep. that stuff was really important for sure. Now the thing what we're probably going to spend most of this podcast on, let's talk about our entrance into college. Oh man. <laughs> Jordan Here and we I, go. we attended Penn State Barron. In Erie, yep. Pennsylvania. Erie, PA, the old snow belt up there when we actually yep. still got snow. Crazy amounts of snow up there. Um, now, I'm going to preface this conversation by saying I don't want this to come across as Jordan and I hating on college and saying it's for no one and no one should ever go to college. Fair to say? Yeah, it, it, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to sound a little bit like that because, you know, it definitely was frustrating for both of us and it de- you know looking back it wasn't for us but there's nothing you can't change it now i mean it is what it is um and we just didn't i don't think we had the i don't think we had the right mindset going into it like we just didn't really know any better that's what we were told you know our pa- both of our parents just thought that was the best path so that's what they you know said that we should do and blah 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 but um yeah, I think that's that's good to state that in the beginning. Yeah, it's not for everyone, but there is some people that you need it for. Like, if you want to become a doctor, you can't be self-taught. Like, obviously, you, you need your uh, all the different schooling and stuff to go through to be able to practice medicine and, you know, be legal right. in that essence. Um, but <clears throat> but for what we were headed for, looking back, it wasn't really the move. And I, And I would also say that nowadays, I think it's... I mean, I think there's already been a shift in it, but I think it's a lot less common nowadays as it maybe was like in our parents' day. Like I feel like the extra schooling was pretty important. I don't know. That's just what I've gathered when you talk to people like our parents' age and stuff. But nowadays with social media, YouTube, and all this stuff, I mean, the amount of stuff you can learn just following the right content, looking at the right people, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. You can you can do a lot. Oh yeah, without I, college I, at all. Dude, technology has expanded where someone can travel, but like ten million times over. And and I would also say, especially when it comes to smaller businesses, like a lot of your corporate places, that's the first thing they want to see. What stupid degree is you have, and all that. Like, they'll turn people away simply because they don't have a degree. But if you go to smaller businesses. Or especially, you know, say your say your buddy knows this guy who owns this lawn care business or, I don't know, t-shirt printing shops, something like that. If, if you have someone that will give, you know, that maybe knows that, knows somebody there 
and gives you an in, like they're going to care. They're going to probably care about what you've done, what skills you have. Are you willing to learn? Are you willing to work hard? Like, I mean, I don't know that that's just what I, what I see. I know that's how we are here. (laughs) Oh, we, we value what you can do, what your passion is versus what a piece of paper says. Right. To, To us, passion and the pursuit of learning more and the the eagerness to learn has hired the people who currently work here today exactly and with with very little background beforehand and who are excelling and loving it right now yep so jordan and i decided well you know we're pretty hands-on guys we like to create things we like to think of things we're we're like you know designing parts things like that let's go for mechanical engineering yep it sounded like it fit the bill Right. And so Jordan and Mark get accepted into college. We take a skills test for math because mechanical engineering is very math heavy. We found out this should have been a little hint knocking at our door here. <laughs> yeah. When we took this math. Should have been a hint, but it, math didn't, skills. it didn't uh, register till it was way too late. Right <laughs> over our head. So we take the skills test and it, it places us. I believe it places us into math 140. Which, which is like a calculus, very calculus-based class. It was it was advanced calculus yeah. for well, advanced to me, anyways. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it was, but I know it was calculus, and it was really hard. And Jordan and I get in there, like, yeah, we got this, man. Like, we skipped two math courses because you know, since we placed so advanced in the skills test, that we were able to skip a couple math classes and jump right to this one because they deemed, wow, these guys are just mathematicians. Let's let's just put them right where they need to be. <laughs> now. Um, disclaimer, Mark and Jordan, I mean, we had a little bit of help on the test here, you know, kind of caught up to us here, but, yeah. uh, when we took the skills test, um, for legal reasons, I'm not going to say they were outside sources, but we knew more than we should have. Yes. We're sitting there, math 140, getting our test back and we're waiting like, shoot, man, I know we didn't do, I know we didn't do good on that test, but I think we're going to find out what we got. Everyone around is like, oh, my gosh, I got an 85%. If I was me, you know, you, you get those people. Mark and Jordan are over here with 20%, 30%. I, I, no exaggeration. I think it was about a 40 or 50%. Jordan wasn't far off from I, me. I think I remember one even being in, like, the 10 to 12, <laughs> 15 range or something. Like, bad. Very, yeah. very bad. And I'm just looking at the chalkboard like, man. Not sure how we're going to pass this test. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. No. I got a good memory. Remember when she would, that teacher would put the scores up on the board <laughs> and there would be like no, where you're going. 98, 80, you know, like, like every, every single person's score. And then at the very bottom, it would be like the lowest one would be like maybe 70, 60 or something. And then there's Mark and Jordan like. 20 or 15 <laughs> there's a 20 or, to 30 yeah there's just like these two butcher scores no that was us oh, like, ah, we see these low numbers like yep that's gonna be us so uh needless to say that teacher later on in the semester about halfway through i'd say ah maybe about a third we didn't make it halfway there yeah we didn't make it halfway she said think. uh hey mark and jordan can we uh we have a little meeting in my office like, oh gosh we so she tells us about uh, our, our poor scores, and you know, she was nice about it. Nice lady. Can't complain. But she basically said, I'm, I'm sorry, but you do not belong here. And rightfully so, Jordan and I are like, you are right. We don't belong here. That's right. So we dropped down a different math course, dropped it down a couple pegs. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember if that was around this time or not, the time shift here. But needless to say, at the end of that semester, Jordan and Mark 
declared they were not mechanical engineers. Right. And I'd like to also clarify that, like, I thought that's what I wanted to be since I was little. Like, I, that's just always what I had in my head. But, like, this first, you know, few months of college was like, no, this is not what I expected at all. Like, this is, I thought I would be, like, designing stuff, making stuff. Yeah. And, no, mechanical engineering, the first, I want to say, at least two years, is is completely book in theory and math and just very difficult, you know, school stuff. It's not, I think when you get to, like, your last year, you get into some hands-on stuff where you're doing projects and first two three years no none of that yeah it turned into more of what we thought was going to be hey design this piece of metal to fit this like solve this problem with this piece of metal but it turned into like how strong is this piece of metal if it's tensile strength is this what is its shear strength what is this and that what is that and it's all just everything is math based it's just crazy and i and i get it. it makes sense looking back but just wasn't for us no not at all so then we heard about this thing called mechanical engineering technology we're like, oh, okay. Well, tell me about this. It's supposed to be the more hands-on version of mechanical. We, we heard hands-on. Boom, light yeah, bulb we're goes like, off. Okay, let's do. Let's try it. So we did this, and needless to say, it was pretty unsuccessful. It was better. It's it true. was much better. Still, not right though. Mm-hmm. And at this moment, Jordan and I are still in a dorm room. So, uh, still the first year of college, second semester. And we kind of had a, uh, I, I can vaguely remember this, we had kind of a come to Jesus moment where Jordan and I were sitting on the edge of our beds there, just thinking about, you know, what the future holds for us as we uh, continually fail at our efforts of college so far. And, you know, Jordan was kind of, uh, uh, w- w- well, explain your path, I won't speak for you, of, you know, kind of what you were thinking after we were bomb in the first two semesters like were we like well we want to do college for a few years and do that job and no my mind was like how how on earth am i going to finish this that was what went through my head i was like how am i going to put up with this for three years you know three and a half more years of this it just it seemed like a dark road (laughs) like i was like how I, i don't know it was it was it was a weird feeling for sure yeah so jordan and i uh discussed our concerns and and uh vented to each other and then after that we're like all right well you know fresh start next year let's try something new um maybe we'll try the easiest thing we possibly can get a degree in because at this time we were starting to give the hint to our parents like hey maybe college wasn't for me and they're like no no like i think they thought we like they thought that it was something difficult and we were kind of wanting to give up on it. Yeah. Which is, as a parent, that's hard to decipher when your child is struggling and wants to leave versus like, no, this isn't for me. Right. But I I won't speak for you, but I think, I think we had similar thoughts like that, that feeling of like that we really didn't want to be there. Didn't come till like second year, third year. That's where we were really like, this is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It, it was like a thought that kept growing and right. growing. Eventually, we were like kind of. We just kept like kind of going with the flow. Like, okay, like we'll get through this, whatever. But like once like year three hit, that's where it was really like screw this. Oh, like this is ridiculous. Yep. And to kind of jump to that, year three was when we were like, all right, dude, this is this is it. And I ended up 
kind of starting to check out mentally. Like yep. f- physically, we're still showing up to class, but at this time, Offer Dynasty still going on. Um, actually started like a diesel Instagram page, but would be currently MDD Performance. And I'm I'm kind of trying to find ways. I'm like, how do I get my out? How do I get out of here and start doing what I actually want to do? How how can I get people to believe in me and and think I'm not crazy for just jumping out of college after three years? And at that point, like I, I cared too much about what people thought. You know, looking back at it, so I'm like, well, you know, I I want to do something with trucks. We we love trucks. I love trucks. Jordan does, and I just have this passion for this. So that's where the Instagram started. I'm like, well, this is a good foundation. Let's start here because people ask me today, like, what do I do if I want to start a business? You got to start getting your name out there. It's not like you just open your doors and it's just these bright, shining green lights and white lights are like, come on into my store. Like there's a whole lot of background stuff that has to go on to get your name out there, to get people to trust you. Like no one should trust you off the bat. You you need to prove that you know what you're talking about. You're, You're providing a good solution to something and you're just knowledgeable at your, craft and that's why i'm like well let me just make these instagram posts and just like if you go back to this day go to mdd performance on instagram and scroll to like the first few posts there's like mile long captions i mean we just a, a really long really long like informational captions and then i don't remember exactly but i know at some point you had you started having me do a lot of the posts and like answering the mess, the direct messages and stuff and keeping up with that stuff. And that was, that mostly started like third year ish of school. And then come halfway through that third year, Mark checks out. He's out. Mark is gone. He leaves school. I I finally said, I've had enough of this. I put my foot down and I, I made sure that I wanted to execute this as well as I could have. So what I did, and you know when you're like really into like wanting to explain something to someone and you, you've thought about this for like days and months and weeks ahead of time, and then the time comes and you got like four thoughts in your brain. Yeah, like, oh, dang, that's it. it. Yeah, so I'm like, you know what? That's not going to happen. I just start typing on my computer. I'm going to town. I got one page in. I'm two page three. I'm pretty sure this thing was like four pages long. <laughs> I remember this. Telling my parents as to respectfully screw you, but I'm I'm done with this. Like I you do whatever you want. I it's not an option. I'm not going back to this college. Like kick me out of the house. Do what you got to do. It's uh, no zero percent. So that's what I did. Yep. And Jordan was gonna pull the same trigger, except I didn't. I just. I was close enough that I was like, I did not want to finish by any means, but just with enough conversating with people, I didn't feel like, I didn't really feel like bringing the fight to my parents. So I stuck it out and I finished actually a semester early. I took some online summer courses, which were a complete joke and ended up being able to finish a semester early. But in that last semester, when you weren't there, that's where the Instagram page really kept me like busy. And like kind of like Mark was saying earlier, I was at this point, I'm completely checked out. Like D's get degrees. That was my that was my motto. <laughs> like I, I just wanted to be done. Um, and most of the time when I was in class, I was on my phone or computer 
either researching stuff about diesels, engines, you know, trying to learn something. You know, that was also the time when we started the Allison thing in my truck. My transmission in my LBZ was the converter was starting to slip a little bit. So like I took a lot of the class time and like I just spent all this time researching the Allison and like how how it works and you know how to rebuild one whatever because we wanted to try and do it ourselves and we did do it I got a kit category four kit from Suncoast with like all the billet shafts a thousand horsepower rated kit from them and uh, we got my we took my transmission out at a buddy's shop he let uh, he let us use the lift and this project took forever. It was like, I think over the course of two months, only could do it on weekends because I was still in school. So like I would come back, come back every weekend. I remember even a couple of nights when we did the up pipes, like I came home during the week, like drove home and then drove back up, like just total nightmare, total nightmare of a project. Um, and this is, Personally, where I kind of developed a little bit of a sour taste for the customer service of Suncoast. You know, I'm, I'm not trying to knock anyone, but I mean, this was four or five years ago, so I don't really know how it is now. We don't use them a, too much at the shop here, but uh, it was just really hard to get a hold of anybody with questions. I mean, like I knew some stuff, but you know, I was trying to learn. Like I had questions, and there was one one of the steels wasn't the right size and I had to get it through them and it took forever like it was like weeks of waiting for this one steel to show up and it was hard to even get a hold of somebody just it, it was just a nightmare it was a good learning experience but there was also stuff that was messed up with it when I was done like I didn't do the pressure modification in the pump I guess for the horsepower rating I was at at the time the the kid that you know took my phone call when I ordered the kit didn't think I needed it which looking back it was a pretty important thing that regardless of horsepower rating like the pump is supposed to be the pressure is supposed to be modified in one way or another so actually like this past year here I tore it all apart again knowing way more than I did years ago went through everything you know made a few changes and like it's night and day of how much better it is now than it was um but yeah that was that was quite the experience well, there was a lot going on because i i jordan wanted to be involved in this because at, at this time after i left college jordan's still in college i was quite literally quote unquote in my parents basement starting to develop a website or finishing develop i, I started it when i was in college and like i would show up to class with my laptop and Cause you're supposed to be taking notes on it, looking up stuff on there for your class. But I was using that time to just build the website, start from the ground up. So I'm at home kind of finishing that up, finding all the distributors. Who am I going to get these parts from if I sell them, blah, blah, blah. And I wanted Jordan to be a part of this and, and he wanted to be a part of it too, to, you know, like feel like we're all moving towards a, a greater goal here. So that's when I'm like, Hey man, let's why don't you do some direct messages and reply to people on there and, you know, keep building our, our customer base and, you know, Jordan knows a, a lot about all the vehicles, all the diesel trucks. So he was able to make all these posts, do some research and make more informative posts that got people to, you know, to take our word and l let them trust us, basically mm -hmm. gave them an opportunity to trust us. Yeah. And it was good just for me to have something to like keep my mind off of school. 
that the last the last semester was definitely for me was definitely the worst like it was it was definitely the the darkest point because mm-hmm. at that point i really did not want to be there i mean some days were just like you, know, you had to put yourself try and put yourself enough into something with school to you know like i said i was just trying to just get a degree i did not care what my grade was as long as it was passing that is all that mattered um so i did the bare minimum and but it means still it was still really frustrating and it was really annoying but i did finish it but yeah the the instagram stuff and even like the transmission thing as big of a nightmare as it was it just it kept my mind interested towards those things which was kind of nice so yeah there was a lot going on i i failed to mention too also we were uh again kind of moving towards a greater goal the last year when i was still in school with the tail end of it um i was selling the cat fuel filter adapters so for the duramax so i i would have a little case of filter shipped up to our apartment and i had little shelves in in my dorm or my apartment at that time and then we would before uh we leave for the gym every day i'd pack the orders even if it was just one maybe it was two or three i was all geeked up it was four we would take these with us and the post office was on the way to the gym because we had the gym every evening yep that was also another thing that kind of got us through college that that place was a lifesaver too definitely was one of my favorites yeah, so you, what you look forward to. Yeah. So on the way to the gym, we drop the packages off at the uh, the post office and continue on with our day. Yep. Um, I'm also going to add, too, that, like, meanwhile, in college, like, I was still doing my, like, Mark's doing that thing. You know, he's doing the, the filters and selling stuff and, you know, the Instagram pages and all that stuff. But, you know, when I'm when I'm in college at this time, like, I'm still doing lawn care. So like when the weather was nice, which luckily when we were at school, like I did most of the stuff in the summer, but I still had to finish the fall and start the spring kind of while being in school. So like I would, I would go home every weekend and I think at the time I had at least 20 accounts, maybe 20, 24, the most I ever had was like 25 or 26 or something. I don't know. But so like I had to fit all those in on the weekend and some of them were bi-weekly, but I mean, it was a lot. Like I would, I would get home Friday evening. I would cut till dark. I'd cut all day Saturday and I would, if I didn't get them all done, I'd cut some Sunday and then drive the whole way back up to school. And like, that was a, that was a fun cycle. I mean, like if it was thunderstorming, guess what? You were still finding a way to cut it. And if you ever cut grass in the pouring down rain, it's not a lot of fun. It doesn't look good. <laughs> so then you have to spend time trying to make it look half decent with a leaf blower. It's a terrible process. So definitely learn to get through some some serious struggles. So I will I will say that about college is it definitely taught you to harden up and push through dark, dark moments and tough times. I will give it that. That's not to say for everyone though. I think a lot of people, stereotypical, right? Definitely not to say for everybody, uh, but yes, for, um, and I'm sure we're not the only ones that say this, but you know, it, it's what I say when when people say, "Do you ever, do you regret those years?" My answer is no, because there still is, is good that came from it. As much bad as we say, 
uh, my motive, if anything else, if nothing else, is it showed me that I don't ever want to have to come back here. Yeah, I, I want to find a way to be successful without this degree, and I want to be an example for that for some people. Yep. Now, I've never asked you this, Jordan, but I'm going to ask you this on the air now. Oh, boy. Do you regret finishing college? <laughs> That's a loaded question. I don't know. I don't I I don't know like I don't know what difference it would have made. I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. I really don't know. I I could see it going either way. Cuz you could look at it the sense of saying, well, if I wasn't there that last final year, I I wouldn't have learned the struggle of trying to juggle all these things at once and, and yeah. appreciate yeah. what I have today. Yep. That's what I mean. Like at, at the time, like if you would ask me at the time, I a hundred percent would have regretted it. But now that I'm through it, I mean, like my, I guess my parents got what they wanted. And like you said, it's just, I mean, as far as like hardening and mentally and I mean, I, I, I I'm pretty happy that I was able to like push myself through all of that. Cause when I tell you it wasn't fun for for me mentally. Oh man. <laughs> it wasn't. So uh, there there is that. But yeah, that's that's a good question. So after that we left school. We get to we're going to call full time working on MDDP now. We went from doing a couple things here and there in my parents' driveway on the weekends to now we can kind of book appointments throughout the week to work on trucks in my parents' driveway. Yep. We would do some in Jordan's parents' garage because you could fit a vehicle in there. You couldn't in my uh, – could the, the depth wasn't big enough in my parents' garage. But, but lots of stuff height-wise. The height fit. was the problem. Yeah, anything even, over, like, leveled Yeah, I was going to say, even some of the leveled trucks were super, super tight, like, super close. So we had to be careful of that. And this is something that – we're so appreciative of that we went through this again quote me on jordan's it's like saying at the time you ask us would you rather be in a shop right now we would have been like oh uh, yeah. yeah but but we learned such this, an yeah. appreciation for having just even a roof I, I distinctly remember a time when i, I had an loy duramax at this time and i think that something above the tank rusted out the sending unit or something and it, it wouldn't run I, I couldn't run it was such a bad fuel leak and we ended up having that truck towed to the shop once we got the shop. And I'm like, I get to work on this thing past like darkness. Like there's lights in here. Like anything, there could be a there's thunderstorm no snow, out there. No weather. No snow. I mean, it wasn't even heated this time. Yeah. I'm like, I just it's somewhere dry to work with a roof. Like this is freaking awesome. Yeah, it, it, you you learn that you learn that appreciation for sure. And again, like you said, luckily we went through that with almost everything because. Like, even when we got the lifts, like, we were so appreciative of having a lift, being able to pick a vehicle up and go underneath of it um, every step of the shop. Like, it's been kind of cool. AC and heat, that was one. Yeah, like, we, we ran heat with no insulation in here because when we got this shop, it, it was basically just the, uh, the outlying figure of a pole building. There was no insulation. It was just a dry place with lights. So we're like, we, we need to make this our own. And, you know, wh what Jordan and I are, we're going to say, known for is being, like, meticulous and OCD about things. Yeah. And 
you know, that, that's why a lot of our friends like wanted us to work on their vehicles. Cause they're like, Hey, I know you guys are meticulous. Like if you treat your crap like that, like you're going to do this to mine. I, right. I know that. And absolutely we will. So we wanted to make this shop, you know, we wanted to do it right. Do it right. The first time is our motto through and through. So that meant epoxy coating the floor that meant putting, you know, white tin throughout the inside of the shop, putting lights like you wouldn't believe, like lighting this place up like crazy. Insulating the crap out of it. Oh, yeah. Tons of insulation and just really making it our own. And at this time, we're trying to do like little truck jobs here and there to, to try and just, you know, keep things moving forward. Because it, it's a scary feeling when you take on a mortgage for a place when knowing that you only have, you have a finite amount of time till you're out of money. Yeah. Like you're well, I just have to trust that this is gonna work. I have to just trust that we're gonna get jobs and we're gonna have enough money to to cover our rent, cover the electric, and and keep moving forward. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty it was pretty crazy in the beginning for sure. There there was a lot of dynamics going on at once that we were just thrown into and school of hard knocks. Yep. Yeah, good times. And that kind of led us into um, reaching the point where we were like, okay, we got all this going on. We're trying to answer the phones. So background to back up, Jordan, I would say, is much better than me at technical aspects of working on vehicles and stuff. And I would say I excel more on like the business side of things. Right. So in the beginning, we're both in the shop. We're both working on trucks. You know, that's what's going on. We were just doing whatever and we were both trying to just help each other with everything at the time and eventually you know uh, i always say like it's i like heavy equipment so i like to relate it to that it's, it's like an excavator like you can have the best guy in a shop you can have the sharpest teeth on this bucket this excavator bucket you can have the best hydraulic pump but if no one's sitting there moving to control it's, it's useless that machine's useless to you so that that moving to control for us was the phone like, yeah. if no one's answering the phone, no one's answering calls. I mean, we get a call and we're like, holy smokes, it's happening. And then we forget it. And then, like, we, we don't hear the call because we're doing something else. And this person's like, well, you didn't call me back for two weeks. Yeah. Like, well, rightfully so, sir. I screwed up. And that went on for, what, two years? Mm-hmm. I think. I, it, was, it was about a year. And then I, I kind of slowly started transitioning to, you know, maybe half my day was office and half was helping Jordan in the shop. And eventually I tried to, tried to stay like fully office and he was fully shot, but yep. you know, I, I would, I'd call, I'd like it, towards the end of that, before we hired our first employee, like it was, I would just come and get Mark if I really needed his hand for something. So on, on that end for me, like I got really efficient at doing the most ridiculous things by myself. Like I look back at some of it and I'm like, how did I even pull that off or what did I even do? But yeah, you, you definitely, you definitely get good at it and get, you get resor- resourceful when you're, you know, when you're by yourself. Cause I knew if I go in and I pull him off of what he's doing, like it, it's just, it's, it creates an inefficient cycle. So you, you know, in my mind, like I was always like, if I can figure it out, I'm going to figure it out. But if, you know, if I really need a now, sometimes like you just needed a second hand, so didn't have a choice, but it was interesting. It was a pretty, pretty cool dynamic to learn. <laughs> he felt so yeah. bad. I'd see the office door open and be like, hey, can, 
can I get a hand? Because <laughs> it's 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 so tough because it's not just walking out, walking back in. I'm sure some people are like, why couldn't you just help them? It's like you're in the middle of an email. You have this train of thought. You're just going to town, talking to someone, and then you leave and come back, and you're like, yep, no clue what I was talking about. Yeah, and it goes it goes both ways. Like, you know, when you're when you're just in the zone on something, like even like if I was if I'm doing something and I get pulled away from what I'm doing, like it's the same thing. Like it's it's a vicious cycle, no matter how you put it. So it's like just staying on task was nice, and both of us really, I don't know. We, we didn't get to do a whole lot of that in the in those crazy times. No, somebody was always trying to do some, you know, something else. There was so many factors going on. So, which led us to the point of uh, really just financially being able to afford our first employee. Yeah, I mean, we could have used one months and probably a year ahead of time, but you, you, yeah, you don't you, just start out a business and yeah, have all the money in the world. To, to, yeah, you have to get everything rolling the best you can by your, you know, by ourselves and try and get financials in order, like you said. And then, yeah, then we finally got to a point where we felt somewhat stable. Yep. So then that's when uh, we actually went to back to back bring us full circle. Yeah, back to Votech. We, you know, we, we established a great relationship with Mr. Klaus um, still to this day. I've kept in touch with him a little bit. He's He's been to the shop before. He's, he got us out of a pinch one time. Um, but he, uh, yeah, so I, he was what came to mind. I just thought of him. And I remember that in high school, like how kids got jobs, you know, from, from Votech. And I just I called him and I told him what I was looking for. And, you know, you would think, you know, machine tech, like, oh, well, that's not diesel. But, like, I remember from our class, like, there were farm boys, like there was just every, every different kind of person you could think of was in that, like there was all kinds of different people in that class. So I was like, I bet there's someone that has some kind of mechanical background. And he, you know, he, he knew how meticulous Mark and I were. And so he like already kind of knew what we were thinking, what we were looking for. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I got this kid that, uh, he's a pretty good student and he seems like a nice kid. And him and his dad do like racing engines or something and he's like he seems like he's got a pretty mechanical background and i was like well i was like i mean diesel diesel can be taught like if you if you're mechanically inclined like you can be shown how to do this and i was like i'll I'll take that over you know over nothing so that is how we ended up with coal and that's the cool part is like from to have someone from the ground up you can really instill all your habits into these these people and, and kind of show them to be as meticulous as we are and you know while it may drive some people nuts sometimes like that that's what makes us us and that's what really builds our image here at mddp is just being the people who are meticulous they care they you know legitimately care not just say they do and you know it's tough because when you get someone who maybe is a little more experienced farther into it they're you know they're going to bring some of their habits and they could be good, they could be bad. It's just the risk you take. Right. And um, so I think a year, I think like a roughly a year, I think, went on. And then um, back to Mr. Klaus again. That's how we ended up with Haas, too, which was partially Cole's recommendation. I think I remember, I think he kind of recommended him. And then I, we talked to Mr. Klaus. And so we ended up with Haas, too. Um and it's been really cool to 
it's been really cool to see how far they have come in a short amount of time. Like they both didn't know a whole lot about diesel stuff in general when they came here. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's been a cool process to, to show them everything. And I don't know. It's just cool to see. To bring this to the beginning of the podcast, we didn't look at a single resume. We didn't ask for no. a resume. We just wanted to bring these people in and talk to them. You can really tell when someone's actually passionate about what they say they, they like and what they enjoy. And when someone's just kind of BSing you, like you can see through that pretty well. I think we're both pretty good at that. And both of them displayed their kind of love for just automotive in general. Like you mentioned, Coles and like racing engines, more gas stuff. Yeah, and that's that's the stuff we were asking him when he was here. Automotive in yeah. general. He was showing us like some of the projects that he had messed with, like family wise projects and stuff like that. That was cool to see. And then Haas, he uh, he's kind of into like the uh, the older Cummins truck. So he had a 12 valve and you know you could hear him talk about that and. It, him saying like yeah i want to do this to it and that and you can like hear all these names and modifications that sound yeah. familiar and it's yeah. like like deja vu like how, that was us as a child so that, that was definitely really cool to, to see them come through with zero degree with you know limited knowledge and experience in our exact industry and, and to see how far they've excelled over time it, it's awesome yeah and they were uh for you know for you guys listening like they were in high school and we hired them still so they were actually working through votech where i think it was lunchtime basically noon they would get out of school and then they would you know they'd be free of school and they would come here and work the rest of the day that's how both of them started cole was like that for i want to say six months at least he was like that for a little bit and Haas was like that for at least a year right mm-hmm yeah, it was about a solid year. So, uh, it was yeah, it was it was a pretty cool experience. So that took care of the uh, the shop stuff. So it's it's a I'm a, I'm gonna add one thing. So I I I want to add I want to add that that also I think helped us because we basically were able to start with kind of like a part time employee, like it wasn't just jumping right into a full-time employee like for us financially because like we were saying at the time you know we were just we were just getting to the point where we were like i think we can hire someone we still didn't really know but um having them part-time like that helped and then it was funny to see the transition of like after some time goes by of them being part-time and it's like once they you know, once they really start learning a couple things and doing more it's like okay, like can't we can't wait to have you full time? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we you know, so much going on, so much work that what we thought at that time was so much work that with the the manpower we had, the workload was getting to be overwhelming. It's like people ask, when do you know it's time to hire an employee? When do you know it's time to hire another employee? Like it's cliche to say you just know, but you you really do. Like the the pieces fall together where you're like, I don't know how I can survive. You know, if I don't get yeah, you know, blah, 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 labor. Or you, you get to a point where I think it was maybe some frustration of just, you know, like you literally see you're kind of, you kind of start either losing people or turning people away just because you can't do everything. Like you're trying to, you know, it becomes, it becomes stressful for, you know, us as the owners, you know, we're literally trying to do everything, but then you, once you start to see that like, okay, like we are hurting ourselves because we don't have 
help. You you have to figure it out. It and becomes very apparent. Yes. Yes, it does. So that took care of the shop side for now. And it, it's this balanced equation between having enough manpower in the office versus having enough manpower in the shop. And it's this like little this little balancing act of making sure you're keeping up with customer service but also customer vehicles. Yep. And uh, once we had those two, uh, like, you know, when, when in the beginning with Cole, like I was constantly with him. We were constantly working together because like I was basically showing and teaching him everything that we do here and whatever. And then like once Haas came in, Cole was starting to get pretty self-sufficient. So I transferred to Haas. Like once they got comfortable and even even like in the earlier times of those two, like I was able to at least come into the office a little more to do some stuff, some invoicing and whatever. And I would just try and help wherever wherever was needed most. Um, Mark Mark and I can pretty much both do minus some some minor things, I would say, but both of us can kind of do everything now to an extent. There's we still both have our our uh, things that we're better at that still exist to this day, but you know we both can kind of juggle back anything so we can help wherever wherever is needed. And I think that's a key part of a good having a good business partner. Like I, I don't want to portray this as just like just because we're friends we went into business like we we were so yeah. similarly minded, and what really helps us all was the fact that. We can do each other's job, but Jordan's good at things I'm not yeah, good at, and both, I'm good at things he's not good right. at. Both both of us bring different things to the table. Even our, I mean, even like um, person like person, we're different. We got different personalities. Like, there's definitely some differences that I think just make it work. Yeah, it makes a balance because right. you, you don't want to go too far this way or too far that way, and it it kind of keeps us steering in the right track. Yeah, like if if we both had identical things, like that doesn't create really a great partnership. No, you, you, know, you have probably to go way yeah, one way. You have to, you have to be different and you have to bring different things to the table. So that's what makes it work really well. Absolutely. So finally we, we get to this point where we're like, okay, uh, we apparently need a, someone in the office that has been a parent for a year or two now, but we can finally afford someone. And that is when we brought on Emma part-time. The key here is part time. Oh, yeah. Like it, it's yep. it's a very uh, it's it's a commitment. You're committing to someone's wages. You don't just want to hire them and be like, oh hey, by the way, you can't afford. You're gonna have to lay off, uh, even though we just hired you. So we started part time, worked into a point where uh, she was able to come on full time, and that was a huge help. Just having someone who can handle a lot of the tasks that are day to day things, but then still allow us to do stuff to make us move forward. Like some, I always use the, uh, the term I learned from Gary Vee is like clouds and dirt, like dirt work has to be done every day. That's making the invoices. That's answering phone calls. That's ordering parts. Like these are things that are essential to the operation, but don't really move you forward too much. It's, it's essential to keep you where you are. And the clouds work is like moving up. I'm like, okay, we're going to create some ads. We need Facebook ads, Instagram ads, and different ways to bring in customers and you know what what kind of stuff are we going to give customers when they come here just stuff that's overarching Wh where's the next shop going to be like you just looking ahead and forward because it's really easy as a business owner to be caught up in day-to-day -day activities 
keep your head in the dirt yeah, and just and then you don't get to do any of that cloud stuff. No, you, you don't really get to move forward. It's, it's a very slow, slow growth. Mm-hmm. So very that, well said. That that's where Emma was able to really help us move forward and and you know back to the excavator analogy instead of just have sharpening our teeth on the bucket we were actually able to start moving the levers and playing with the business a little bit yep. in terms of how to get customers and doing more social media and and all that kind of stuff absolutely and i would say you know at the current shop we're at with the people that we have we're we're kind of maxed out for the space we have but uh we have a definitely have a a nice little gig here and couldn't be couldn't be happier with it and we're thankful for you know, just having good people in our circle. Why do you think most people go into business? Because you hear people say, I want to make my own shop. What do you think it is? I think there's a lot of people that do it for the wrong reasons. You know, you know shout out to Andy, as always. Uh, he's preached about that for forever. Andy like, Priscilla. Yeah, just... They want to think they're a baller, and if if they, if, I mean, I I don't know. I guess if if that's what you want, fine. But you better be dedicated to putting in years and years and years of hard work and sacrificing a lot of stuff to get there. You know what I mean? Like I think people forget that, or you get the the uh, oh, you get to make your own schedule. Well you saw what our schedule looked like it's not uh not all that great most of the time <laughs> no that is two things i think get misconceived is i want to do it to make all the money because yeah. you know the the owner makes the most money and then i want to do it because i get to make my own hours i can be flexible well let me tell you something <laughs> <laughs> um in the beginning you were working for free you were working yeah very long hours you were working you know, you, you can't hand anything off to anyone. Everything falls on your shoulders and things don't get done until you're done. Yeah. Basically um, is, is how that works. Exactly. I can't even fathom the amount of things that we gave away for free. Just trying to, you know, just trying to get started. Yeah. And, and it's really just, it, it's an investment is the way I looked at it. It's kind of the, the yeah. best, the best way for and me it, to. It's a, it's a cool part it. of the journey too. Yeah. I mean, when looking back at it, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, there were some there were some nights we were here till three in the morning. Do you remember the? Um, oh, it was the night of finishing the insulation so that the floor could be done the next day. We I literally were up for twenty four hours or something ridiculous. Never, we never went to sleep. Like we were like zombies. It was crazy. Yeah, so we wanted to get the floor epoxy coated, like we said. And to do this, this guy said, this is a day I'm coming. We're painting the floor in the morning. I think it was like, it was real early, like 6 or 7 yeah. a.m. This they, was also like right in the beginning of COVID. It was, remember yeah. Remember that? I, I do. When Justin was here. Yeah, because I remember Justin being like, is your neighbors going to tell me? Because I'm not essential. I'm like, yeah. Dude, just come on. It was like, it was like I think I, I want to say it was like two months into COVID when we got the floor done. And, and to for this paint to dry and everything, it had to be an exact temperature in oh, the shop. Yeah, I forgot about that. So yeah. we're like, well, if we don't get this insulation in here. We're like, we're, we're not going to be able to hold this temperature. Our heater won't be able to make enough heat and if we're losing it all. So we continued insulating. Uh, Jordan, a friend, and I, and we just went at it till yeah, it was about 3 a.m. so late. 
drove home, got to bed at four, woke came, up at like five back, or yeah. six. Came right back here. And then we started to help the floor. them paint the floor because at the time we we're like, well, we, if we help you out, we cut us a little bit of a break. And then, and then even though we had the, like, even though we got it done successfully, remember how it's like, it was sweating because the floor was still cold. The concrete uh, was cold, but like the building was warm. We had the heater running. We hung the heater actually from the ceiling. Yeah. From the so that it was, so that it was off the ground. It's just crazy, but all part of the journey. Absolutely. This all encompasses why we appreciate what we have, what we have today. Yep. And we'll say the same thing when in 10 years and we're, you know, two different shops down the road. Yeah. Five times the size. We'll say, man, I'm glad we had that place uh, that we started yep. at. But anything else to add to the uh, why people start business? That's what we were talking about. When we, I, I, I might have steered a little off track there. Well, thanks for bringing it back. Um, yeah, no, I, I just think it's it's something that a lot of people do for the wrong reason. They want to do it for the flashiness. They want to put CEO in their bio, I think. And, yeah. And that, Entrepreneur. That's, yeah, and that's doing it all for the wrong reasons. I mean, don't get me wrong. When, when you're in the beginning and you don't have any money coming in, like you need some drive. So you think like the monetary aspect of, you know, what, what comes someday. But truthfully, I think what puts the right people in business is their passion. Like you have this feeling inside of you that you just want to do something greater you you're, you're so passionate about your craft that you feel that working somewhere is enough like you you need to go at this so that you can put so many hours into it that it's unlimited amount of potential and you you go as hard as you want and as far as you want and that's going to determine where you go I, I think that's what drives a business is is passion it's not the flashy stuff the monetary aspects that kind of stuff like you you have to love what you do so much that yep. it carries into everyone else. Yep. It spills in everyone. And, um, you know, all the years of listening to Andy, like you have to have like a solution to a problem. And I would say our best aspect of that is just having a shop where, you know, trying to do the best possible work that we possibly can, you know, building a good reputation and building a good trust between our customers. Um, I think that's been our, you know, been our thing, having a clean shop, like just trying to be not the stereotypical shop. Yeah. That not, was like our biggest grease thing. all over the ground and, so. and all that kind of stuff. And, and that's been our RMO since day one is like, do the work, do the best possible job you can and treat everyone's vehicle as your own. Yep. Like back to what Jordan said, solving a problem. Like our problem was we didn't really trust anyone in the beginning. Right. Problem no well, that was problem number two. Problem number one, I didn't have any money to work on my truck. Yeah, we had to do it. <laughs> problem number two is I didn't really trust anyone because you heard all these nightmare stories. Like, oh, I took my truck here and it's oh. never been the same since then. And sadly, there are plenty of those stories. It's, it's a shame. Yeah, we're here to this day. Again, it's all more fuel of just trying to make sure, you know, you maintain that just level of trying to be the best all the time, you know. Yeah, we, we say it all the time. Is like, I want to be the best diesel shop performance offering place. Like well, I, I want to be the most supportive place in most understanding business for someone who's in, you know, a, a diesel truck. Basically we, something we do here before we send the vehicle out, after we do some work on it is we wash it, hand wash the vehicle, get the pressure washer hose out, hose it down, degrease the tires, wash the whole truck, pressure wash it off, take it for a little loop to dry it off, tire, shine it, send it out. People say, well, that's a waste of time. Like, you don't really get paid for that. 
when we say like we treat every vehicle as our own, that is it. I, I freaking wash my vehicle all the time. So why should I not wash that person's? If I'm yeah. going to say that we're going to treat every vehicle like our own, who am I to just send it out there? Like it is just like I found it. Like I don't wash my own vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great little thing to do. Yeah. And it, it's something that separates you. something that shows you care. It puts your money where your mouth is. And it allows us to, again, share our passion. Like I, I can't, ex- can't express that enough that, Passion is your priority. Make sure that that is your front and center goal as to why you're doing what you're doing. Couldn't agree more. Solid. Uh, I don't know. You got anything else? or I think that pretty well sums up. You keep me going here, I'm going to start going on some rants. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, we want that. We'll, we'll have an hour and a half podcast, yeah, we'll, two and a half hours. We'll save. <laughs> we got plenty more episodes we can do. <laughs> we do. So, guys, I greatly appreciate you listening. As always, we want to hear your feedback. Um, This show is basically driven off of you guys. Um, Now, is is this where you want to take a pledge on ads? (laughs) Yeah, we can do that. Okay. Jordan and I want to make this podcast informative and helpful. This goes back to putting our money where our mouth is. Like, if, If we wanted to just get the quick buck, we'd run some ads on the show. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing more annoying than having an ad right in the middle of your show. I agree. It's one of my favorite things about Andy's podcast. Yep. Andy Purcell, Jordan keeps mentioning he has the uh, Real AF podcast, formerly the MF CEO podcast, which taught us boatloads of information to business. And, you know, his foundation of his podcast was I'm not going around ads. The only fee is share the show. If, if you can do that, it, it all works out for everyone. It helps the podcast grow. We don't have to run ads and all that kind of stuff. And we just want this to be a place of information and you know, a place where you can hopefully find some stuff that is informative to you and helps you. Absolutely. So w- with that being said, number one, if you can share the show, it means the absolute world to us. Secondly, we, we need to know what you guys want to hear. Um, yeah. We're only, like I said in the other episode, 27 years young into business and, and life, I guess. Not 27 years in business, 27 in life. <laughs> a few years in business. We, we didn't come out of the womb opening LLCs. <laughs> no. Um, but we need to hear what, what you guys are, you know, want to hear most about. We can go anything from specific truck stuff, more business stuff. Um, to do that, shoot us an email at redlinepodcast at mddperformance.com. That's where we will read every email, even in, uh, Spotify. If you go ahead and just ask a question there, I believe you can do that as well. I think you can do that as well. Leaving a review would be the most helpful thing you could ever do for us. Greatly, truly appreciative for that. And I think that's pretty much a wrap for episode number three. Sounds like a wrap to me. That is a wrap for episode three, guys. Thanks a ton for listening. Jordan, final thoughts, closing thoughts. Just share the show, man. And like, like Mark said, leave us some comments or you know, shoot us an email about some ideas. And uh, yeah, we'll get, uh, we'll get something brewing for the next one. All right, see you guys on episode four.